Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Opening music today, the national anthem of Hutt River, a micronation in Australia. It's a Hard Land is the name of the anthem and performed by the Slovak State Philharmonic Orchestra. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Miami. This is WaveScan Edition NWS 604 for release on Sunday, September 20th, 2020. On the program today, Australia's best-known micronation is no more, the story of Hutt River Radio. Our Philippine DX report and the 75th anniversary the voice of Vietnam. This is the voice of Vietnam, broadcasting from Hanoi, capital of the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. Several recent news reports tell us that the half-century-old Hutt River Principality, a self-proclaimed independent nation within Australia, has finally come to an end and it has rejoined the Commonwealth of Australia. The Hutt River Principality was the oldest of Australia's independent micronations, and it has served as an interesting tourist attraction for those who dared to drive out into the semi-desert areas of Western Australia. Here's Ray Robinson with our story. Thanks, Jeff. It's estimated that currently there are a 100 different small and independent micronations around the world, with 35 in Australia alone, the highest concentration anywhere. The Hutt River Principality was the first, the oldest surviving, and probably the best known independent micronation down under. It all began when farmer Leonard G. Casley developed a quarrel in 1970 with the government of Western Australia over their imposed restriction in the amount of grain his 18,500 acres of land was permitted to produce. Because of the loss of revenue due to this huge reduction in productivity, Casley appealed to the state governor, Sir Douglas Kendrew, for an increase in the farming quota on his land, which was refused. Casley then responded with an application for independence from the state of Western Australia, which understandably was refused by the state parliament, though the matter was discussed by the federal government in Canberra. And thus it was on Tuesday, April 21, 1970, that Leonard Casley, together with his Fremantle-born wife Shirley and their seven children, delivered an ultimatum, stating that he was seceding his property from the state of Western Australia, from the Federation of Australia, and from the British Commonwealth of Nations, though he still honoured his allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Together with the adjoining properties of five other families, making up a total of 75 square miles of farm and pasture land, some 25 miles inland from Geraldton on the Indian Ocean, the new micronation Hutt River Principality was born, with a total population of 20 citizens. The main protagonist in all of these manoeuvres was himself elected as His Royal Highness Prince Leonard of Hutt, together with his wife as Princess Shirley. Life was not easy for the new and independent nation. Difficulties were encountered with postal mail deliveries and government taxes were levied on goods into and out of Hutt River. At one stage, they were routing the delivery of their international mail via Canada. 
In fact, over all these matters, Prince Leonard declared war against the state of Western Australia, and this at a time when Hutt River had no standing army. However, after this brief and unfulfilled non-event, Hutt River settled down to its main function as a tourist attraction, a geographic anomaly, an eccentric place of unusual interest, just something different in the Australian psyche. At the height of their prosperity, Hutt River welcomed as many as 40,000 visitors in a single year. Hutt River issued its own postage stamps, coins, passports, driver's licenses and a newspaper. They implemented their own ceremonial events and memorial occasions. They flew their own flag and they sang their own national anthem. Their official languages were English, French and Esperanto. They established diplomatic relations with several other countries overseas and they granted honorary citizenship to many of their supporters. On the radio scene, Hutt River applied to the ITU, the International Telecommunications Union, in Geneva, Switzerland, for the amateur prefix H5, and they issued their first amateur license with the call sign 1RC. In 1981, they inaugurated their own radio broadcasting station with 200 watts on 1050 kHz under the call sign HRBA, the Hutt River Broadcasting Authority. Their parallel FM outlet radiated locally on 100 MHz. These two stations were on the air with occasional programming until the licensing authority in Australia ordered them off the air. A small TV station was also planned. And then too, they announced their intention to introduce a shortwave service which would broadcast old-time programming, replays of old dramas, music from yesteryear, readings from newspapers and information from humanitarian organisations. In 1983, Hutt River made an informal approach to Adventist World Radio for assistance and cooperation in establishing their planned shortwave service. However, earlier this year, 2020, the tourist flow began to diminish due to the COVID-19, and by this time, both Prince Leonard and Princess Shirley had died. The new ruler was their son, Prince Graham, and with a diminishing income, he closed down the Hutt River Principality just last month, on August the 3rd, thus rejoining this novel territory once again back into the Commonwealth of Australia. Graham Casley also stated that he needs to sell their large farm property in order to pay the $2.15 million Australian dollar tax debt currently owed to the state government. Fifty years of novelty, idiosyncrasy and false fame is now over. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson, with our story of Hutt River Radio. Let's go to the Philippines now. Here's Henry Obadhai with his monthly DX report. Hello everyone, Teller Dear Shortwave listeners, wherever you are, welcome to the September 13th edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 162. I'm Henry Umadai in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. I would like to thank our DXer friends for sending the reception report most recently. Kostyantin Prabotorov in Ukraine. Thomas and Jocelyn Weveringhouse in Bochon, Germany, Sebendi Paul in West Bengal, India, Anatoly Klefov in Moscow, Russia, Sak Alvarez in Dasmarinas Cavite here in the Philippines, and Richard Lemke in Alberta, Canada. 
To all of you, thank you very much. Reception lags for August 2020. August 3, China Radio International on 11.955 in Filipino Pram Kunming, Aning Yunhan Province at 11.50 SIO 454. August 3, Radio Thailand World Service on 9.390 in Mandarin Pram Onentani at 12.10 SIO 444. August 3, Radio Thailand World Service. On 9390 in English, from Odentani at 1405 SIO 555. August for Adventist World Radio on 12040 in English, from Guam at 2205 SIO 444. August 5 Radio Japan on 9560 in Indonesian, from Guam at 2255 SIO 444. August 6 China Radio International on 13. 580 in English from Beijing at 10.05 SIO 555 August 5 Transworld Radio KTWR on 11.965 in Indonesian from, from Guam at 10.27 SIO 555 August 6 New Life Station KNLS on 9.580 in English from Anchor Point at 10.50 SIO 343 August 6 Transworld Radio on 11.970 in English from Guam at 10.16 SIO 343 August 6 Adventist World Radio on 15495 in English from Guam at 1050 SIO 444 August 11 China Radio International 11960 in Filipino from Kunming at 1130 SIO 444 August 17 Radio Pilipinas Overseas Service on 12010 in English from Tinang at 0230 SIO 343 August 20 China Radio International on 15595 in Spanish at 21 at 2221 SIO 333 August 21 Radio Pilipinas Overseas Service on 15640 in English from Tinang at 0335 SIO 444 August 21 Radio Pilipinas Overseas Service on 17820 in English from Tinang at 0210 SIO 343 August 23 Radio Taiwan International 12100 in English and Indonesian from Tainan at 1123 SIO 555 August 26 China Radio International on 12070 in Filipino from Shan at 1141 SIO 555 and August 26 Radio Radio Japan on 9560 In Japanese, from Yamata at 2125 SIO 444. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to PilipinasDX at Chiyahoo.com. That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-A-S-D-X for PilipinasDX at Chiyahoo.com. This has been Henry Umaday for WaveScan in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central, Philippines. Sayang mabuhay at maraming salamat po. Keep safe, everyone. Thank you, Henry. Earlier this month, on September 7th, The Voice of Vietnam celebrated its 75th anniversary. The Voice of Vietnam transmits in 13 languages. It went on the air just five days after the establishment of the Democratic Republic of Vietnam. The English program has been on the air since that first day of broadcast. Most of the station's shortwave transmissions originate from its own shortwave transmission site in Vietnam. But some longtime listeners, like myself, may remember that back during the Vietnam War, the Voice of Vietnam had daily English transmissions via Radio Havana, Cuba, beamed to the United States. 
Those broadcasts ended after the war. But more recently, the Voice of Vietnam had a relay via WHRI in South Carolina, USA, of programs in English, Spanish, and Vietnamese. Unfortunately, those broadcasts ended this month after the announcement that WHRI had been sold to WBCQ and that WHRI's programming would be changing. On September 7th, the English service of the Voice of Vietnam broadcast a special program about the station's 75th anniversary called Untold Stories. Today on Wayscan, we bring you an excerpt from that special broadcast. This is the Voice of Vietnam. This is the Voice of Vietnam, broadcasting from Hanoi, capital of the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. Welcome to the special edition to mark the 75th founding anniversary of the Voice of Vietnam and the English section. We are Cam Thi and Ngoc Diệp. Hello, everybody. The Voice of Vietnam National Radio Station started broadcasting from Hanoi just five days after the establishment of the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, now the Socialist Republic of Vietnam, on September the 2nd, 1945. And our English program was among the first foreign language programs broadcast overseas on September the 7th. Well, that's very true. Since then, September the 7th has always been a great occasion for us to recall VOV's history and development. It's our honor to have senior colleagues joining our program today to share their untold stories about the English service and VOV world over the past half a century. And please welcome former staff members of the English service, Mr. Ching Hiu Tuan, one of the first broadcasters and editors of the English service back in the 1970s. Thank you so much for you know, giving me a chance to sit again in studio like this. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Ms. Nguyễn Thị Huệ, former VOV World Director. Actually, I'm very excited back to VOV. Uh, we have been working here for more than 30 years and uh, back in the 1970s. And at that time, you know, the, we were very young, were very excited, just graduated from the universities and uh, we worked for VOV. And that was uh, actually my honor. Um, we are very happy to see all of you in good shape. And how do you feel when you are going back to VOV studio? where you started working some 40 to 50 years ago. Me and Myling, I'm very glad to be back again, sitting before the microphone to speak with you. I think many of our old listeners will recognize Myling's voice, very familiar voice on Voice of Vietnam for years. And um, Ms. Minh Hang, can you share your experience? First of all, I want to thank all of you very much to create it, an opportunity for me to be here with you again after many years. At that time, in 1971, after graduated from the Hanoi Foreign Language Universities, I came to work at the Voice of Vietnam English section. At that time, we were young and very eager to work. And finally, Mr. Nguyen Tien Lam, Director of VOV World. It is our pleasure to have you here at VOV Studio today. 
Uh, well, first of all, it's been uh, exactly 20 years since I'm back to the studio. I'm quite excited. Uh, it's hard to explain my uh, feeling at the moment. But I first uh, came to work at VOV uh, in 1985, a few months uh, before the uh, 40th anniversary of VOV. And uh, so it's now exactly 35 years because now VOV has been uh, celebrating its 75th anniversary. So um, the past 35 years has seen lots of uh, changes and exciting experience for me and my colleagues as well. well thank you, everybody. Uh, over the past 75 years, the English service of VOV World has made remarkable strides forward. And all of you have been part of VOV World and the English services development. And now let's turn back time to the early 1970s, when Vietnam was still at war and the working condition was not easy. You must have many unforgettable memories, and can you recall some of them? Well, at that time, everything simple, and uh, everything is very, you know, full of feelings, I think, because, you know, we don't have uh, the technical things that's also very different. So we write, you know, handwriting, and then type, and then, you know, the doing, and the, even the paper during that time is quite different, you know, very, very dark and bad paper, you know, quality paper. And you usually use the back side of the uh, Telex printer, you know, paper uh, to use it as, as for our work. Uh, everything else also, you know, the, the typewriter need to be dyed, you know, the ribbon for use, you know, we need to dye it ourselves, you know, using very simple kind of... I think that the, the ink from the uh, printer somewhere, but you know, it's, it's a very, very coarse and very, very uh, bad quality, but, but everything works. I don't feel like those kind of hardship prevent us to do good work. I don't think so, yeah. We, we still produce, you know, quality work. <laughs> I remember we only had three typewriters. Yeah. Why we had uh -huh. uh, eight or ten stops at that time, so mm. we had to wait for each other. Mm. to type our news or uh, stories. The thing is, we love the job. We try to do our best. Whatever available to us, we just make it. At that time, the um, headquarters of the editing room was in uh, Guangxi Street, but the studio is in here, Ba Chiu Street. And after finishing translating uh, and completing the news bulletin, we had to take the news bulletin and walk to Bachelor Street to record. I remember one time when Mrs. Mai and I went to uh, Bachelor Street to record the news and we forgot to take with us the, the papers. <laughs> so, and we have, at that time, you know, there is no um, mobile phone. Uh, mobile phone. Mm -hmm. And we, we have to go to Bachelor Street and uh, with a landline, we call back to Guangxi Street and ask uh, somebody, I think this was Mr. Tuấn, ask him to take the news bulletin to, to Bachelor Street for us. And he, he got very angry, I know. I think so, but he didn't say anything. So after that, we had the news bulletin to read. And also I want to, to tell the other people have told you uh, about the uh, how we make we made the news. Uh, at that time, we have uh, no computer, of course, no mobile phone, of course, and 
Yeah, the, the sources of news, uh, that means uh, we have no equipment to receive uh, the uh, sources of news from AP, uh, AFP or Reuters. Uh, so we have to go to the Vietnam News Agency and ask us uh, for the morass of news. And from a mess of news like that, we had to select uh, what news we need and copy by handwriting. We copy into another paper, then uh, take back to the English section to prepare the news. Very hard work like this. Really, so young reporters and broadcasters like us, we really cannot imagine how hard it was back at that time. It's without proper infrastructure and working conditions were really poor, but you all made it. And um, during that time, VOV production facilities were relocated several times to ensure undisrupted broadcast. And when Hanoi was bombed in 1972, The signature tune, This is a Voice of Vietnam, broadcasting from Hanoi, capital of the Socialist Republic of Vietnam, was aired on shortwave as normal. And please share with us your memories of that day. Yeah, I, I remember that. And I, I, I remember the days when we have to work from the evacuated place, are about 40 kilometers from here, you know, near Chua Thay. I mean, yes. And uh, we stay in the village and... Uh, The memory is uh, funny because, you know, it's uh, this all kind of, you know, uh, daily life issues and, you know, very, very humorous people living together in, in a farming um, village and, uh, you know, staying in the, in the family of the, of the peasant there. That was an excerpt from Untold Stories, a special program from The Voice of Vietnam to mark its 75th anniversary. In an upcoming edition of WaveScan, we'll have some more of that program. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you in another edition of Bangladesh DX Report in WaveScan. This is Salauddin Dollar from Rajshahi, Bangladesh. Glad to be back and thanks for listening. The receiving log of different radio stations. Radio Tehran in Bengali newspaper headline program was heard at 1500 05 UTC on 9965 kHz. The SIO code was 343. FEBC radio tunes in Russian. Male speaker talking was heard at 1517 UTC on 9920 kHz. The SIO code was 333. KBS World Radio in English at 1535 UTC on 9785 kHz, the SIO code was 333. ANISC World Radio in Japanese was heard at 1540 UTC on 12045 kHz, the SIO code was 433. Voice of America Radio Ashna in Dari musical program was heard at 1445 UTC on 12070 kHz, the SIO code was 444. ANSK World Radio in Japanese was heard at 0400 UTC on 15325 kHz, the SIO code was 343. 444. Radio Free Asia, Korean program, discussion between male and female talkers was heard 
at 1512 UTC on 9990 kHz, the SIO code was 333. Bible Voice Broadcasting Gospel Program in English was heard at 1745 UTC on 9810 kHz, the SIO code was 434. BBC in English Singapore Relay playing instrumental music was heard at 1812 UTC on 7485 kHz. The SIO code was 444. FIBA Radio India in Hindi was heard at 1437 UTC on 9500 kHz. The SIO code was 444. Thanks Mr. Pradeep Chandra Kundu from Agartala, Tripura, India for contributing in Bangladesh DX report with his logs. If you have any comments and suggestion and send your reception report to the following email address dxbangla at gmail.com. The address again dxbangla at gmail.com. Okay, I will come with more DX news in the next edition. Till then, take care. Salauddin Dollar, Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. We end again with the Hutt River National Anthem. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, a replay of the original AWRDX program, Radio Monitors International, from 1980, Part 2. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to. WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program, such as today's report from the Philippines. They also will verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok. 10110 Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110 Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to WaveScan is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Miami. Till next week. Good listening, everyone.